it's Kath Ann, weekly host of the Homework Hub Global's The Learning Studio. This week on episode 8, we talked study hacks for crunch time. We talked about the Corzon method for asking your prof questions, a matrix developed by Thomas Frank, YouTuber and productivity guru, and we also discussed spaced repetition, a technique you can use to maximize your studying. So if any of this interests you, please join us on episode 8 of the Homework Help Global's The Learning Studio. So um, just to give you a little sense of what we're going to be talking about today, um, because it is crunch time, it's exam time, uh, we really wanted to get into some awesome content that can help you um, focus your learning and um, do some studying and really give you some techniques and some hacks, I guess uh, we should say, uh, to help you contribute to your learning um, and make the best of this really hectic time of year. So, you know, while we all hope to be our most productive and we plan ahead and we try to do our best, there are times when we're just not going to be able to um, do everything. Uh, university programs are very challenging, undergraduate programs and master's programs are very challenging, uh, so there are some strategies that you can use to actually work with the way your brain works uh, in order to make sure that you are making the best of your experience in university, especially in these crunch times. And like I said, you know, it happens to all of us. We plan ahead and we make uh, our agendas and we try our best to work towards being the best student we can, but sometimes there are just uh, times when we just get bogged down and we can't keep up with everything. So today, uh, this is why I wanted to offer you some really strong techniques that will help you to be able to kind of navigate these situations. And they're kind of things that I would love to have known when I was in university, you know. We've all been there chugging coffee at 12 a.m., propping yourself up on your desk, trying not to fall asleep while you're writing a paper, um, you know, taking a quick nap on the couch in between papers and study sessions. Those are just the realities sometimes of being a, um, a university student. Uh, but there are some techniques that can help you to uh, navigate those situations. So, while I hope that you were much more prepared than I ever was as a student, I wanted to give you some uh, thoughts and some quick hacks. I won't take too long today because I know everyone is super busy, um, but I appreciate everyone uh, joining me and I hope that we can give you some really awesome information. So, um, just hear my computer going off in the background there. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's jump into the content. And I see the Neighborly Consultant and G-Core are with us. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us every week. You've been our loyal followers and I really appreciate it. Uh, I always love to have the conversation with you guys. So thanks again for, for stopping in. So. The first uh, tip that I wanted to kind of convey, and this is a really simple one, is to create your workspace. So pick your location where you are going to feel um, like you're going to be most productive. Now, it might be very tempting to um, 
find the comfiest chair or even work from your bedroom. Um, but in reality, um, I mean, this seems kind of obvious, but you're going to want to work away from where you feel most comfortable. And that is because when you, especially at the end of the year, when you're swamped with papers and you have a lot of studying, it can be really tempting to take a nap rather than finish that assignment. So you want to be intentional about positioning, positioning yourself as far away from your bedroom as possible so that we can make sure that we are focusing on our work and not tempted to sleep. Especially when you're tired, it's a natural reaction. So set yourself up for success. Make sure that you're um, getting away as far away from your bed as possible. And to go along with that, um, I wanted to kind of recommend that you want to go to a space where you're feeling a good vibe, you're feeling really productive vibes. So there are times now um, when I will leave my house because I have a home office and a lot of students likely study from their homes. Um, so I will leave my house to go work at a cafe or a shared workspace or even going to the local university's common area because when you are around other people who are busy and they're doing work and they're studying, then you will likely feel motivated um, to do the same. And I think that what's important is to really be intentional about how you're setting yourself up for success. So look for your location, make sure that it's as far away from your bed as possible, and potentially go to somewhere where other people are also doing work um, because then you'll feel motivated to do work yourself. It's kind of like being in an office environment. Um, if other people are doing work and you you see them doing work, obviously you're gonna want to do some work as well. So that is a tip. Uh, the first tip is to find your location. Uh, the second tip I wanted to draw on, I don't know if any of you have heard of uh, YouTuber Thomas Frank, but he is absolutely amazing. When I was doing research around these topics, he popped up on YouTube and he does some awesome work around facilitating productivity and um, study hacks for students and I really love his YouTube channel so we I did link it below in the comments so if you're interested in looking um, to see a, a, any more of his work he's doing some awesome stuff um, so I highly recommend accessing um, him on on uh, YouTube just one moment, I think I'm having some technical difficulties on YouTube, so, or sorry, on Facebook. I think we're back. I just, uh, just a brief lag there, I think, on Facebook, so. I think we're, we're back in action. Okay. So, um, so. The second tip that I wanted to offer you is to plan your efforts. Um, and like I mentioned, this comes directly from Thomas Frank, so I wanted to let you know that this is not my information. This is based on research that he's done, but I thought it was really interesting and um, pertinent to what we're discussing today. So check him out. He's a great YouTuber. Um, so Frank suggests breaking down your workload into individual components and then assessing the importance of each component. So as such, he has actually developed a matrix 
around this idea. He drew the idea from other research that uh, has been done around productivity. But basically, he suggests that even when you are in kind of a time crunch or an urgent situation, it is helpful to plan your next steps and plan your, plan your efforts. So using a matrix can really be helpful. Even though it might seem like everything is urgent and you need to get things done right away, um, it is beneficial to create uh, some kind of a structure for yourself because then you can assess which components of this project are most important and which should I get done first. Um, and then overall you'll have a bigger impact. And this works specifically um, with a limited time. So. Basically, his matrix is, I'll show you a picture of it, um, you, Instagrammers, it's going to be backwards, but I'll show it here on uh, Facebook, and I was hoping to be able to share my screen, but uh, I'm not able to do that yet. So, um, basically, it's called the impact effort matrix, uh, and up here, you, this is the, these are the components that you'll want to be doing. So um, basically he's breaking everything down into uh, high impact, low impact, low effort, and high effort. The things that you want to do are going to fall into the high impact but low effort category. Things that you're not going to want to do when you're in a time crunch are the low impact, high effort ones, if that makes sense. So you're wanting to make sure that you're focusing on the issues or the components of the project that are going to have the biggest impact while also using the smallest uh, amount of effort. Pretty um, basic. Uh, so you'll want to identify when you're first starting out with this matrix what are the core deliverables? What do those look like? Um, what is the grading criteria for the project? So obviously if you're being graded on a paper, you'll want to make sure that you are completing the paper and not focusing on a bonus question or something like that. That seems obvious, but it's a kind of a tangible example. What percentage uh, is each grade counting for? And um, which is going to impact your grade the most, like I already mentioned. Um, so when you've assigned the scores to each component, Frank recommends tackling the one with the highest impact but the lowest effort. Thanks Coach Core. nice to see you. <laughs> um, so I wanted to give a little bit of an example. Um, this isn't really a school-related example, but I wanted to kind of break it down into um, some easy to understand terms. So for example, pretend I am cooking a dinner for my family. I'm really busy with school and, and work. I have tons of things going on. But my core deliverables in that scenario is I want to make sure that my family goes away feeling full, I want to make sure that they're happy when they leave and that they've enjoyed their time. Those are the deliverables that I want to give to my family. So those are the most important things that I want to focus on. So I will put that into the high impact, low effort category because it doesn't take much for me to 
um, make sure my family is happy as long as I'm happy as long as I'm enjoying my time and I give them a little bit of food to eat it's likely that they're going to be happy so I'm gonna put most of my effort into that category however maybe I decide that I want to bake a cake for supper or for dessert um, but I'm also really busy with school as I mentioned and I don't really have time to bake that cake that would likely go into the low impact, high effort category because it's gonna take a lot of effort for me to bake a cake from scratch and it's not really gonna have that much of an impact because I know that my family's already having a good time as long as I'm giving them a little bit of food and making sure they're happy. So that'll go into uh, the lower category and I probably won't bake the cake for my family. But, um, so yes, uh, in essence, I'm narrowing down the categories and the components of a bigger project and deciding which takes precedence and which is going to have the biggest impact for the lowest amount of effort. And then in, in that sense, you're using all your willpower to do the most important component while also um, and focusing on that and then leaving the rest of your um, energy, if there is any left, to tackle the other components, if that makes sense. Um, because as we know when we are really busy with school it can take a lot of energy to focus on um, a lot of different projects so we want to make sure that all of our energy is going into the efforts that have the biggest impact if that makes sense so I'm just gonna have a quick glass of water because I just talked a lot Okay, and I can get you a copy of that matrix if that's helpful for you. Um, sometimes it can be good to have a visual on hand. Uh, and also I did put the link to um, Thomas Frank's website. So he has all kinds of tools on there as well if you wanna, if you're interested in checking that out. So the third component I wanted to offer you today uh, is called the Corazon Technique. And what that is, is it's basically um, an effort through which um, you are learning as a student. So Frank, uh, Thomas Frank also um, discusses the Corazon Technique. He talks about the idea of really taking the time to solve a problem. So it's really about critical thinking. <laughs> Thanks, The Neighborly Consultant. I'm glad you're enjoying the content today. <laughs> um, so the Corazon Technique uh, is around really taking the time to solve a problem. So Frank suggests that um, a, lot of thing, a lot of times when students approach the professor, they just kind of skim over a question and they can't solve it right away. So they go running up to the professor and they ask the professor um, what what's lacking um, and how to solve the problem. What the Corzon technique would suggest is to take at least 15 minutes puzzling over that question. Now it probably depends what discipline you're in, but I'm imagining this would be um, most likely in you know math, physics, uh, sciences, any, any areas where there are problem solving uh, and even philosophy like logic. Um, so take your time to think about those um, questions and take about 15 minutes 
consult with other students, and then go to your professor. But when you go to your professor, you're going to want to break the question down into logical questions. So skim over the question and read into it and really narrow down where your confusion is beginning. So maybe you're okay in the beginning of the question, maybe the second part of the question makes okay sense, but then there's a third part of the question which is really throwing you off. So you're really going to want to narrow that down and ask yourself, why is this throwing me off? And then go to your professor with that specific question. So not only in that case are you going to impress your professor because they're going to recognize that you've put a lot of effort into this and that you've thought about it really deeply, but you're also going to be able to retain more information and when you do eventually solve that problem it's going to be more ingrained into your brain because you've worked so hard at figuring it out. So it's really about critical thinking skills and exercising your brain muscle rather than going to the professor right away for the answer or for some suggestion um, about what the answer is and you might even figure it out. So if you take that time um, before running to your prof, uh, it's highly recommended because it can really help you to develop your learning and it helps you to evolve, um, develop those critical thinking skills that you can take along with you in the future. So, did we have any comments or questions? Just well, I'll take a little pause here for a moment. I always feel like I'm speaking really quickly. How has the weather been for everyone? It's kind of... It's chilly here, but we don't have any snow yet, which is nice. Okay, well, I don't want to take up anyone's, uh, too much of anyone's time, so I will get on to the next topic. Um, Coach Gore, it's cold there and getting colder, the neighborly consultant. Getting colder here, I too, I broke out my uh, winter jacket <laughs> the other day. I think I was a little overdressed, but I would rather be warm than cold myself. Um, so yeah, I'll jump back into the content again this um, for this week. So this was a really cool one, and I really wish I had this when I was in university and even in high school. Um, learning facts quickly through the spaced repetition method. Um, I'm not sure if anyone out there has heard of the spaced repetition method before, but basically the premise is that you're spreading out the space between um, what you're learning and what you're studying. So originally it was focused around um, a flashcards, a series of flashcards. So if I was studying, I would look at a flashcard and study a certain topic and then I would put that into the back of the pile and then study something else, put that into the back of the pile. But what this, me this method would recommend is to space out um, the time in between the, um, 
the what you're studying because then your brain takes longer um, or has to make a more valiant effort to retrieve that information that you've studied. So basically what you're, what's going to happen is that you'll see things that you know really well less frequently and you'll see things that you don't know as well more frequently. So then your brain is targeting that point in the brain where you're just about to forget something and your brain has to work harder to retrieve it. So in essence, then that is going to make it stick um, longer in your brain. And this can be a really powerful technique um, for learning information quickly and for retaining it um, more readily. And it can be more effective than just traditional studying mechanisms using notes or flashcards. Um, so like I mentioned, this method was originally used just with flashcards, but of course with the technology we have today, um, you can actually access these um, processes online. And one particular website which came up, and this was actually through Thomas Frank as well, is a website called Anki, A-N-K-I, um, which can be accessed at ankisrs.net and I can put that in the comments later if people are interested. Um, but I am really interested in it because I think uh, I'd like to learn another language or two. Um, so I think it could be really a beneficial application to use. Um, so what it is, is basically you can study anything with Anki. You just input the information that you want to study and then it formulates a series of flashcards for you and it spaces out it mechanically does the spacing out in between each topic for you. So then you uh, are more able to, to study uh, using the space repetition method, which I thought was really neat. Um, and then another benefit of the site is that you can actually access decks of cards um, that people have already generated on different topics. So you can explore um, things that people have already saved. Um, and use those if you're interested in the topic that they've been studying. So uh, I thought that was a really interesting um, kind of process and I think I'm going to take advantage of it myself and maybe try to learn a new, a new language. Um, so I don't know, is, has anyone heard of Anki before? No. Yeah, I thought, uh, anyway, I'll put, I'll put it in the comments. Um, later so that uh, yeah I thought it sounded really cool the neighborly consultant as well but um, so it's onkisrs.net if you're interested in uh, checking it out so the fifth um, strategy that I wanted to talk to you about today is test preparation ritual so I thought this fit in really nicely with some of the other content that we had discussed um, in former in prior weeks around uh, having rituals and um, to, doing brain dumps and things like that. So a test preparation ritual basically has two components. The first component is to when you are getting ready for a test, um, before you attend the test, if you're a person that has test anxiety, take out a little notebook and write down all the things that you're anxious about literally do like a brain dump about all the things that you're anxious about and there has actually been research uh, to prove that this has had a positive impact for, for people going into a test because when they get those anxious feelings 
uh, to write them down on a piece of paper and physically see them and then move into the test. It just kind of takes the edge off and gets those um, negative thoughts out of the brain. So that's the first co component of um, preparing for a test and doing a test preparation ritual. And the second one is something probably that's, um, you know, common to some people who might have taken math or sciences in university. But uh, I always remember doing it in high school before a math test. But when you're going into a test, actually do another brain dump of all the pertinent information that's kind of at the forefront of your mind. So any formulas, any um, phrasings, any strategies, uh, any concepts or definitions that you think are going to be useful throughout the test, write them all down the sides of your test so that when you're in the throes of doing um, doing the test and going over the material, then you're not forgetting some of those really important uh, strategies and things that you've learned in class, that they're all right there uh, in the margins. Because when you are in the uh, exam room and you're under pressure um, and you're grappling with complicated questions, then those are the times that you will often forget those solutions and those um, strategies and uh, formulas. So definitely take the time to write those out and get those in the side of the margin so that you can access them when you are going through the test. So, um, and then one more strategy, this will be the last one for tonight, a little bit of a shorter session um, tonight, but I just really wanted to give you some solid strategies that you can use moving forward when you are um, engaging in going to an exam or writing um, writing a paper. These strategies are more likely um, used when you're studying for an exam. But one more um, strategy that you can use is to develop a cheat sheet. So. There will be times when you go into an exam and the prof will let you bring in a cheat sheet. There have been very few times that that has happened to me, maybe once or twice. Um, so it's pretty rare, especially in university. Um, but developing a cheat sheet can actually help you to memorize some of those really important things that you're want, you'll want to carry in, uh, into the test with you. So while you might not be able to bring the actual physical copy of your cheat sheet in with you, um, you just going through the process of doing it uh, will help you retain information. So I highly recommend developing a cheat sheet, um, writing down all that essential information that um, will be pertinent to the test and then even if you can't take it with you you can especially i feel if you're a visual learner then that could be beneficial um, because you can reflect back on what you wrote on wrote down on the cheat sheet so that is actually it for this week those were all my tips um, i guess i'll do a little summary um, we talked about picking your location, so making sure that you're not too comfy when you're studying and that you are in a location that is going to be um, a motivating space for you that other people will be working. We talked about planning your efforts, so the matrix that I showed you, making sure that you're focusing on the highest impact um, component with the lowest amount of effort um, and leaving those other efforts um, 
towards the end uh, when you are feeling a bit more drained. So giving your most energy, the most of your energy to the highest impact components is really important um, in order to make the most of your time crunch. So this is specific to when you are under uh, a lot of pressure and you want to get work done quickly. Uh, using the core zone technique. So when you're studying or when you're working through problems, make sure that you are not running to the professor with every problem. Give yourself 15 minutes to go over the problem again, um, revise it, crunch your brain, work as hard as you can, um, and then really narrow down where you're starting to get confused. So maybe it's not the first step, maybe it's not the second, but the third step you're getting a little hung up then you want to specifically ask the professor uh, what your question is. Not only will your professor be impressed, but you will also retain information more readily. And hopefully you'll solve it and you won't even have to ask the professor. Uh, learn facts quickly. So I talked about the space repetition method. So you can use apps like Anki to input information and develop a series of flashcards for yourself and the spaced out method which will make you um, retain information because it's making your brain work hard to retrieve the information that you've almost forgotten. So extending the space between um, when you are learning data is really important uh, to help you retain information and it can be a really beneficial study mechanism. So uh, if you want more information, look up space repetition method and uh, it will all be there and check out AnkiSRS.net if you're interested in an online application uh, which you can use to do the space repetition method. Test preparation ritual was the fifth topic I talked about. So doing a brain dump of all those things that you feel anxious about before the test. If you are an anxious type of person or if you have test anxiety, that can be really helpful. And then the second part of the test preparation method is to write everything in the, in the margins. So all your formulas, all your strategies, all your definitions, um, anything that's important to you moving forward in the test because you don't want to forget it. Uh, in the throes of the challenging test questions. So make sure you're writing all that stuff down. And then, of course, formulating a cheat sheet. Even if you cannot take it into, into the um, test with you, make a cheat sheet because it will help you remember all that really important information that you want as you're moving forward into the test. You can even rewrite the cheat sheet over and over that's rote repetition, we all know that from grade school, but that can be really helpful, especially if you're a visual learner. So that is it for this week. I know that was a really kind of speedy one, but uh, I wanted to make sure that we kind of gave you some really strong information, but do it in a short time because I know everyone is super busy this time of year. So um, I wanted to also remind you that a lot of that information was taken from Thomas Frank, who is a YouTuber who talks about productivity and student lifestyle, um, and he is really amazing. I found him when I was doing research for this, um, so check him out. He's on YouTube, just Google uh, Thomas Frank, and I also put a link to his website in the comments on Facebook Live. So. Uh, I hope you guys are all having a good week and I wish you all the best on all of your tough exams and papers and this busy time of year. I know even if you're not in school, 
things are ramping up towards the holidays and that can be a hectic time of year so I'm wishing you all the best and I hope you can join us again uh, if you're interested in listening to this session again we're on Facebook we're on Twitter we're also on LinkedIn Google Plus uh, we're on YouTube and Medium. We write uh, some different blogs on Medium. Uh, we're also now on SoundCloud, Anchor, iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, um, and all you have to do is search Homework Help Global and you'll be able to find us. So if you are interested in this topic and this information, we will be on all of those platforms. So we are really easy to access. And if you're also interested in uh, accessing some support around essay writing or resume writing, editing, uh, you can also visit our website and we will be happy to help you there. Um, so that is it for this week. Thank you so much and have a great night everyone and best of luck with all the stuff that you're doing in your lives. Thanks Coach Gore.